summer is almost over for most of you, right? <laughs> Danielle's like, it's already done. Like, it is long gone. Some of us have, have already gone off to college. Um, but on nights like tonight, it's, it's like, that's when you can look at college students like, <laughs> you have school, I don't yet, right? Like, that's when you can rub that in. <laughs> Danielle's already thinking on the flip side. Um, I love what uh, Amy shared about just going out to nationals and the journey that they had going out there. What she didn't share, she kind of uh, PG'd the story for you. She's like, when I prayed for those girls, um, one of the things that she hates, she told me, was snot. She's like, whenever snot's there, I'm out, I'm gone. And she's like, it had to be of God because I stayed and prayed over them anyway, right? Like, <laughs> so thank you for the compassion of God that God could teach you how to be compassionate over those that snot. And, and uh, anyway, um, but it's awesome when you see God move like that. And so, um, but tonight, uh, we're going to start a series that, that I want to kind of uh, start off with about eternity, right? Eternity is, is one of those things that we need to talk about as Christians. Um, and so um, very, few, very few of us know what to talk about when we, when we talk about eternity. What do we think about eternity? What do we talk about eternity? Um, should we talk about eternity? Um, and the answer is yes. It, it, we should be talking about eternity as Christians. Um, as Christians, we believe in life after death, right? How many of us believe that there's life after death? that Jesus gives us access to heaven, right? Um, and yet many of us are like everyone else around. We're like everyone else around. Um, we pursue the same things. Um, what we pursue doesn't look any different than everybody else around us. Uh, we have some of the same goals, right? Like um, get rich, get a house, get a family, get a car, get, like, right? We have some of the same goals that, that, that the world pursues. Um, and yet, when we look around at the church, some of us are just as messed up as the people that we see around us, right? And so does eternity have an impact on who we are, on how we think, on, on where we're going, on, on, on those things? And, and I would say sometimes no, right? But I think it should. I think it should be something that, that is always in our focus. And that's why tonight I want to talk about perspective. Um, and uh, so, anyway... Um, just lost the, where, my, where I was going with my notes here. So, heaven is our biggest hope, right? If we believe in life after death, if we believe in eternity, heaven is the biggest hope that Jesus gives us, right? How many of you have seen the illustration? There's an illustration that um, I wish I would have had a, had a long enough rope. Um, how many of you have seen the illustration of the, this, you know, you'll have a, like a 150-foot rope, and, the, and just the end is red, and the end represents your life. And it talks about like how so many times we're focused on the red. Um, this is like, we're, we're focused on the goals, right? We're focused on, this is when I'm going to graduate high school. This is when I'm going to graduate college, somewhere in here. This is when I'm going to get married. This is, you know, like, we focus on that, but yet we have eternity, and, and really it's nothing compared to eternity. But it is our test into eternity. And so I kind of wanted to uh, start off with a, a little perspective here. Um, we're going to play a little game. And so there's paper on the back wall there. Uh, we're playing, the game is called Stuff I'm Leaving in My Room, Okay. So here's the scenario. Imagine this. I, I wish I had dramatic music. I don't. Uh, you guys can think it in your head. Here's the scenario. It's 3 a.m. Some of you are probably still awake at this time. But just imagine that your dad woke you up and he's, he's banging on your bedroom window. And he's like, 
He, 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 you hear the shattering of your window and he starts yelling through your window, the house is on fire, you need to get out now. Okay, freaked out, right? You wake up like, what's going on? It's smoky in my room, it's not normally smoky in my room. Ooh, there we go, there we go. Um, and so you, your room is filled with smoke, you know that the time, it, like you, you, don't, you don't have, you can't be like, well, I got a half hour. I'm going to I'm going to grab as much as I can, right? Like it's a panic. You got to you got to get out. Your family's outside. They're waiting for you. They're calling for you to get out. Um, the rest of the house is engulfed in flames. Um, but there's stuff in your room, right? Here's the thing. You love everything in your room. Like if you could, you would just bring everything with you, but you cannot, okay? So I want you to go right on the wall. The stuff that you would leave behind in your room. There's markers on the ground. Ready, set, go. Stuff I'm leaving in my room. Myself, it's 3 a.m., I'm staying in bed. Well, that's devotion right there. So why do, why do we choose the stuff that we're leaving behind? Useless. Useless? So my homework, you, you don't want it? My third drawer, my desk. My clothes, all of them, my wife. Um, <laughs> the family's outside, that's why I define that. Um, people are leaving each other, my carpet, textbooks, piano, clothes. Um, this one, uh, the person came up and confessed, so we'll, uh, we'll pray about this at the end. My MSU clothes. Coming at my life, Crystalyn. Um, spidget, fimmers. <laughs> I, I, I concur. We can leave all those and, and burn all those. But, but why, why did you choose to put the stuff up there that you did? What makes stuff important? Value. Value. What determines value? Money. Money? Is that necessarily true all the time? How many of you have moved and you, you brought a box of just crap knickknacks that you brought with you because it was sentimental with you and then like a year later you realize that box never opened? Right? Like, and you're just like, why did I pack all this stuff? I didn't even put it up. My first year of college, that's exactly what I did. So for some of you, um, it, we might have to go through some counseling with Hope. This was like a real thing for her as, as a kid. Um, but um, for some of you, how long would it take for you to choose? Like if you were to go through your room, how long would you need? Hope's already got a bailout box. She's like, I got a box under my bed. If it happens again, I grab it, I'm out. So, so she's ready. Um, but for you guys, how long would it take you? So <laughs> some of us, it would take a long time, right? Like, it's just like, hmm, I want this. It's getting hot. I want this. I can't breathe anymore. I want this. I passed out and I burned up in the fire, right? How many of you, like, give a realistic number. If you were to do, look over your room and determine what was valuable, what you needed to take, how long would it take you? A long time? <laughs> so there's, there's answers all over the board. Was it weird to think about grabbing stuff out of your room? Was it weird to think about like your house burning down? What would happen? What would you do? Some of us, it was catastrophic. Like, Why did you do this to me? But somehow when we think about what we're going to take out of our room, right? The fire levels the playing field. When we think about like 
flames engulfing the house, like that's what makes us grab our stuff and go, right? Like otherwise we wouldn't. We'd just sit there and be like, well, whatever. But the fire levels the playing field or the thought of the fire. So what about your life right now? What is it in your life right now that you need to give up so that you can live more fully for God? Because there's a fire, right? When we talk about eternity, when we talk about the two different outcomes, there is a fire. Which of your possessions or habits get in the way of knowing God or even your friends better? Right? Like, what's that thing that you have where it's like, hmm, I could spend time with Andrew or I could spend time with this. I'm going to spend time with this. Right? Like, (laughs) oh, come on now. But what get in the way of relationships? I'm not singling anybody out. Andrew, I'm just using you because I know you'll roll with it and probably hit me afterwards. Um, But when we talk about eternity, we need to look at things. We need to look at what really matters in our life. Because how we view life determines everything we think and do, right? How we view our life determines everything we think and do. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn to Matthew 25. We're going to be going over verses 14 through 30. Uh, I'll have the words up on the screen as well. But this is the parable of the talents. And in the parable of the talent... Uh, it represents, a, a, I want you to, to know what a talent is, right? Like we look at that and like, what's a talent? Is that like a quarter? Um, uh, I, I just want to give you some background here because uh, a talent represents a very large sum of money. Some biblical scholars say it's worth as much as 20 years worth of wages. So, but whatever the exact amount is, I, I can't give you, it's like, oh, it's like winning the jackpot tonight. It's 60, whatever, 600 million, whatever it is. I can't give you that amount, but the the gist of the picture is it's a large sum of money. It's years and years worth of work. So this is what what we'll see the master handing to, to the servants. So let's read through it here. It says, again, it will be like a man going on a journey who, who has called his servants and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents of money, to another two talents, and to another one talent, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. The man who had received the five talents went at once and put his, work, put his money to work and gained five more. So also the one with two talents gained two more. But the, man had received, but the man that had received one talent went off, dug a hole in the ground, and hid, in his, hid his master's money. After a long time, the master of those servants returned and settled accounts with them. The man who had received the five talents brought the other five. Master, he said, you entrusted me with five talents. See, I have gained you five more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things, and I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. The man with two talents also came. Master, he said, you entrusted me with two talents. See, I have gained two more. His master replied, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share my master's happiness. Then the man who had received the one talent, Master, he said, I knew you were a hard man, harvesting where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I was, so I was afraid and went out and hid your talent in the ground. See, here, it is, here is what belongs to you. 
His master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. So you knew that I, had a, that I harvest where I have not sown and gather where I have not scattered seed. Well, then you should have put my money on deposit with the bankers so that when I returned, I would have received it back with interest. Take the talent from him and give him to the one who has 10 talents. For everyone who, ha- for everyone who has will be given more and he will have an abundance Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him and throw that worthless servant outside into the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Okay, so I want you guys to break this down with me here. If we go back to verses 14 through 18, so in your own words, can you guys just kind of shout out what you see happening here? What do you see happening here? What's the master doing? Testing. Yeah, right? Like he's giving him money. That's what we see here, right? I'm leaving. I'm giving you this and I'm 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 testing you. I'm trusting you with it. And like I said, we, we already talked about a talent being worth a lot of money. How does knowing the value of a talent change how you view this story? Because when, you, when you, we read that before, how many of you have read this section before? When you thought of a talent, what did you think about? <laughs> He's got like bow staff skills, computer hacking skills, so that, those things. Okay, that's good. <laughs> Not quite, but we're, we're getting there. Sit. Say that again. A type of coin, right? Like you think of like a type of coin or like I think of like, hey, he's got some George Washingtons, right? Like he's handing them out. Like here's five bucks. Go do what you want. Good luck. That's kind of how I thought of it as well. But no, literally, it's like buckets and buckets and buckets of money, right? And so what he's giving them is a very big responsibility. I'm giving you these talents. He's entrusting them with his riches, with what's valuable, Something that they could not have produced on their own. Why do you think the servant buried the talent that he was given? If you look at verse 26, why do you think he he buried the talent? (laughs) Stupid, okay. Any other reasons? I don't think it's just that he was stupid. Afraid? Cautious? <laughs> I don't know if they had the word back then, but yeah, he might have been a hoarder. He's like, my precious, right? Like he's just burying the treasure for him. Pull up verses 19 through 28. We see the first two servants come back. And what is the master's reply? Why does he say that? What determined that they, were, they did a good job? What did they do? They multiplied what they already had, right? Like they didn't sit on it. He entrusted them with this big job and they, they came through, right? He had a, a job for them to do, work for them to do, and they did it. How does the third servant... How does what the third servant says to his master 
differ from how the first two approached their master. Anybody pick that out? What is the first thing the guy with one talent does? Yeah, did he, did he know that the master would punish him or, or was he coming up with something else? So a lot of us are good at doing this, right? Like when something gets pointed our way, what do we come up with? An excuse. The first two come up and say, this is what we've done with your money. The, the last one comes up and says, eh, I thought you were a hard guy. I thought I was going to get beat. I thought, like, right? Like he just starts making excuses. How many of us, like, we walk in, like, we'll walk into the first day of school, we'll get an assignment, we'll come back the next day, and we're like, where's the homework? Dog ate it, right? Like, like, how many of us have used that excuse? Let's be honest. None of you? Okay, good. Um, Because if you haven't used it, I know, Mr. Skinner, have you heard that one before? (laughs) So every teacher has probably heard every excuse of the I would say if a teacher like wrote down every excuse that they were given, like that would be like a New York Times bestseller because some of those stories I'm sure are hilarious. Anyway, um, but what happens like when your mom asks you, I asked you to clean your room, why didn't you clean your room? What are some of your excuses? <laughs> it's a health hazard, mom. I might die going in there. Like, oh, but uh, I, I couldn't find the vacuum. Did you look? Oh, <laughs> right? Like, I didn't think about that, right? (laughs) Why does the master reply, you wicked and lazy servant, to the third servant? Do you think it was fair? Why? Yeah? Yeah, he hid the servant, or he hid the talent. (laughs) He didn't hide the servant. (laughs) He hid the talent because he was afraid, right? But the master doesn't believe it. He doesn't believe that he was just afraid. He sees through him. He's like, no, you were lazy. I gave you a job. I see through your excuse. What do you think the point of this parable is? What is Jesus communicating to his disciples? Do something with the things he gives you. Does anybody notice what what happens to the master? Who do you think the master is in this story? Jesus. What, is, where, what does the master do in the beginning? He what? He goes away. What does he do at the end? He comes back. Jesus is telling his disciples, I'm going to go away. He's telling them that Jesus is returning. That's a reality. We can count on that. Jesus is trying to, to, to teach his disciples that. It's a parable that Jesus is speaking to his disciples about his return. He's gone away, yes. But also, Jesus hasn't left us to do nothing. If you read Matthew 29 and 30, the last two verses, for everyone who has, who has will be given more, and he will have an abundance. Whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken from him. And throw the worthless servant outside in the darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Basically, God is saying that he's given each of us unique abilities, gifts, and passions. He's made an investment in us so that we can serve him and his kingdom. Jesus going to the cross wasn't cheap. It cost 
But many of us are like the third servant. We bury, we bury what God has given us in the ground. Like nobody's going to know the passion. Nobody's going to know the talents that I have. They're not going to be used. They're never going to be used. It's up to somebody else, right? God wants you to use your talents and your abilities. Maybe your computer hacking skills, right, Charlie? Our goal should be to live like the wise servants, taking what God has invested in you and multiply it in others. When we live that way, that tells me that our perspective is right. When we live the way that we're bringing people to Jesus, we're bringing people to youth group, we're having fellowship with people, we're getting to know people, we're, we're, we're like, we have new stories of just God having these awesome encounters with people in our schools, in our families, in, at home, in our neighborhoods. It tells me that our perspective's right. That yes, we know Jesus is gone, but he's returning. And he's given me talents to do something about his kingdom. I don't know about you, but we see what happens to the last servant. And I'm just going to jump ahead to the end here, and we're going to close this out. But I want to ask you, what are you investing your life in? The here and now? Or eternity. There's a difference. Because it matters what we're investing in. Like our fire scenario, there's only a few things that we can take with us, right? Souls is one of those things. People is one of those things. I've always thought about even some of the people that I'm closest to. And when we get to heaven, when we get to eternity, can you imagine being at the, you know, standing in line, meeting Jesus at the same time, and your buddy's standing behind you like, hey, Tim, I didn't know you were going to be up here. And you're like, but what happens if in, in that judgment, hopefully they knew I was going to be up there, um, but what happened if in that judgment moment, like, they turn and look at me like, you never told me. You never told me about Jesus. You never told me about the one thing that you said was most important to you. Why didn't you tell me? That thought bothers me. It bothers me enough to do something about it. Amen? Because I want to have eternity lenses on and just say, you know what? I know the house is on fire, but I'm not going to leave you there. I'm bringing you with me. I've got my evacuation box and you're one of them, right? Like, I'm putting hope in here. Like, she's coming with me, right? (laughs) So I want to challenge you with that. Do you live like Jesus is returning? The master is coming back. And do you live like eternity is a real thing? So I just want to go ahead and close in prayer. And I would just challenge you. If there's any area in your life that's getting in the way, if there's anything that you're, you're trying to bring with that you're focused on that's getting in the way of your relationship with God, getting in the way of him letting, letting him use you, I would just challenge you. Leave it in the room. Let it be burnt with the house because it's not worth it. Don't pack it up. Don't bring it with you just to be a hoarder. And the awesome thing is, is when you do, you find out just how much like, how much leaner you can really live. When you get rid of the clutter, you can see what's important. 
So I just want to challenge you with that. This week, think about that. God, what is it that you want me to leave in the room? What's getting in the way of my relationship with you? What's getting in the way of seeing eternity, of having the proper perspective? Can we do that? Let's close in prayer. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. God, I thank you that you were speaking hard words to your disciples. You were giving them a picture of what's to come, of you leaving but coming back and at the same time wanting to use us to further your kingdom. Father, I pray that right here and right now that you would, you would place in the hearts and the minds of our students that the word of God is, is bigger than any amount of money that we can possibly be handed. We could go out tonight and win the lottery, win the Powerball that's millions and millions of dollars, but yet it means nothing in the face of eternity. God, where is our hope? And I pray that that would just challenge us, Father, to live for you, to live for eternity. That God, when we leave this place, we can hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. You've done well with what I've entrusted you. Father, I pray that over the hearts of these students tonight, that as we walk out of here, Father, that we would just have eternity in our radar. Father, I thank you for tonight. I thank you for where we're going with this. Father, I pray that you bless the students. And we just ask all these things in Jesus' holy name. And everybody said, amen. If this is an area in your life that you want prayer over, on, hey, there's some things in the way. I'd love to pray with you. Um, Otherwise, uh, ask God, pray through him with it. He'll tell you, he'll begin to point those things out. You're carrying this with you. I want you to give it up. It may not be easy, but it's worth it. Amen?